Welcome to Reframe Your Mindset for Success. With me today, I've got Floyd Woodrow. Floyd is the chairman of Quantum Group and CEO of Super North Star and Compass for Life Foundation. He's also founder of Christmas Worldwide, a world-leading values-based organization, and has an excellent track record of success as a military leader, director, non-executive director, consultants, and negotiator. Floyd has also established an international reputation for designing and running leadership and elite performance training in sports, business, governments, police, not-for-profit organizations and schools. He's also written several books, including Learning to Learn and more recently, The Warrior the Strategist Than You, in which he outlines the Compass for Life model for leadership and life. And today, Floyd shares his story, insights into mindset and the importance of having a super North Star and how a compass provides the framework you need to achieve balance in life. So it's great having Floyd on. I'm really looking forward to the episode today. Welcome to Reframe Your Mindset for Success. With me today is Floyd Woodrow. Hiya, Floyd. Paul, hi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And uh, what are you up to today? Um, today, obviously, speaking to you, and then I've got um, a discussion with my sort of one of my senior trainers. We're looking at a course we've got in military, uh, the military program we're running uh, next week. So we're just going to go through some detail there. And I've got a talk with a prison service because I'm looking to run a program uh, in a prison um, with the inmates and um, a number of other groups um, to help them on their journey going out of prison. So very exciting. Oh, excellent, excellent. So it's a busy day. And is it like that for the rest of the week? Um, yes, it is. I mean, I'm away tomorrow. I've got to go to London tomorrow. And then I've got some discussions with educational groups. So it's a nice, I've got a nice mix of different things I'm involved in. So it's, it's quite exciting at the moment. And we're running a number of programs right across from kids to, to business leaders. So it's, uh, it's quite uh, diverse and exciting. Brilliant. So, sounds like a great week. Um, so, so as you know, Floyd, uh, I tend to start the podcast off with your story and it's however you want to tell that and it's however many words you want to use. So it's, it's kind of a, an over to you to start with. Okay, well, I'll just go back really. Um, my journey, I suppose, I, I was born in Bradford, um, so I'm a Yorkshireman, um, to um, two really brilliant parents. And my mum was very entrepreneurial and so she held down about three or four jobs. So she was way ahead of her game. Um, but always driving to do something different and give us, um, you know, probably the best uh, lifestyle that she possibly could. My dad worked in a wholesale fruit and veg market and I went to work with him from about the age of 11 to 12. And so I had a great set of experiences working in an adult environment for uh, quite a few years. But my biggest driver was I always wanted to be in the military. Um, I wanted to be a sportsman, first of all. Then I realized that that probably wasn't going to happen. I couldn't quite decide on a sport. Uh, then I wanted to be a PE teacher. Then I decided I definitely wanted to go into the military. Parachute regiment, first of all. And then I wanted to join the special air service. So I was really clear that that's what I wanted to do. And I was really fortunate. And uh, that's basically how it turned out. And um, I joined the special air service at 22, which is quite young. Um, but what it gave me was a really good long career. So I, I went right the way through the ranks. I finished yeah. as a, a major ahead of the counter-terrorist wing. And during that time, I operated in uh, every operational area that we were involved in, in the in the British Army, um, so I had a number of adventures and learned lots of different skill sets, worked with some phenomenal people. Um, we have a great um, ethos, which is the unrelenting pursuit of excellence, which 
I think really has uh, driven me on lots of different occasions, that ability to constantly want to grow. Um, I studied law and psychology whilst I was in the military. And then I always thought I would leave at some stage, even though I really did love being a soldier. I just thought that I'd probably done all the good jobs and it was time to, to move into a different area. So I went into business and I've been involved in uh, setting up a security company, a media company, um, a prepaid card company. So working in, in fintech, which has been interesting. But my yeah. love has always been coaching and development. So alongside all of those different roles, I formed a leadership and development company around about 2008. And I started to work in business in, with sports teams, in education, and now with the military. And just to learn a little bit more about leadership, although I had a, what I thought was a good understanding, I think having gone into all those sectors, it's given me a really in-depth view of what it actually does take to lead um, to develop yourself as an individual, to have a growth mindset, to learn skills, bring teams with you. And then what I think at the highest level is where you give back to society, where you're able to do something um, for communities or indeed uh, you know, even on a, a larger scale. And so that's my journey to date. As I said, I've been really fortunate to work with great people and um, I'm constantly learning and um, enjoying what I do. Oh, fa fantastic. What a, what a fantastic career today. Well, was, was it actually quite difficult then, you know, for, for being in the military for so long to then make that transition into, into the business world? It's a really great question. I think the good thing is I was really fortunate and I think this is the key. I'd always wanted and I think it's a really good thing is to retire to something, not from something. I think it's a really good phrase to think that when I finish the military, I'm actually going on another journey. So I took it from that perspective. I didn't think I was leaving something and I was going to struggle. What I did was I prepped really well. And yeah. although I wasn't 100% sure what was going to happen, I got myself a lot of different skill sets, which I understood would transfer across. And that I then just wanted to explore again, go back to that time when actually I'm going to be a novice. I'm not going to be um, the person that has all the experience, the knowledge and the ability to make really good decisions quickly. I'm going to have to learn something. So I think that was a, that was the mindset that I had. And I think that's really important that you go with, with a, a mindset of I'm back to learning. I'm going to learn from all these different people, take the best bits. I've got some great skills anyway that will transfer across. I've just got to adapt them. So I think the preparation was critical for me. So I didn't have a massive drop. There were obviously lots of things to learn and there were some for us, lots of many, many frustrations. But um, no, I think I prepped well. So I think that was probably the key. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. So as you know, the, the podcast, it, it's, it's around mindset and reframing your mindset. And that's what you've just been talking about. So why has mindset been so important to you during your career, you know, being in the military and then being in business? Why, why has it been so important? Uh, I, I think it's just fundamental to everything. I think your own mindset and understanding fundamentally how your mind works. I think it's one of the things we, we miss in education. We should start this so early that just understanding what actually happens inside your head how it has chemical reactions how you have a reptilian part of your brain where the logical part kicks in i think once you start to understand it and more importantly understand how you communicate with yourself that self-talk and understanding that that affects your state and affects your behavior all of a sudden you can start to take responsibility for things you're not just at the behest of habits or indeed you know emotional reactions to things because they upset you which then sets a set of decision um, making processes that are not always the best 
It allows you to take time out. And that doesn't mean to say time out is a long time. It could be milliseconds when you become good at this. But it just allows you to clarify the person that you are and allows you to adapt your communication style. So I think mindset, when you realize that your brain is a supercomputer and will give you tons of help as long as you program it right, I think fundamental. And there's no two ways for me. The more I've learned about it, the more I wish I'd learned about it when I was much younger. It would have certainly made my journey less angst in a number of areas and just made me able to make better decisions, to be fair. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great explanation. And how would you describe your mindset then? Uh, my mindset, it's a, that's a really good, what a great question, actually. Uh, my mindset is probably broken down into some really key areas. So the fundamental thing is knowing where you want to go. So I'd always say the key, and there's two things. I'd look at it from two perspectives. The first one is, is trying to make sure what, what I turn as a super north star so i talk about having a compass ball so yeah. the north point on the compass it always points north that is the super north star where do you want to be in the next three five or ten years that can be as big as you want to change the world to as small as you want to play the piano the key is it takes you forward on a journey about adventure and experiences and isn't it fascinating that if you look to all cultures every culture in the world within their storytelling, there's always a journey. There's always yeah. about an individual going on a journey, going through trials and tribulations, winning the prize, giving back to society, starting again. And I actually believe that's the key is realizing that it's a journey and then it's about the adventures and experiences that make you the best version. So I think having those things to draw you forward are important. Now, if it's super clear, so I've been fortunate, most of mine are fairly clear. Now and again, there's been a bit vague, but most of the time, I'm clear on where I'm going. That's really important. What I suggest when people say, well, I'm not clear, then go and do things you like, what you're passionate about. So yeah. for me, I thought I'd study law. I've learned languages. I've learned um, different skill sets um, just because I enjoy that. And what's happened as a result of that, it's opened up other opportunities. And again, I look at it as not trying to be successful in the sense of I've achieved an element. I'm more interested in the journey and what I've learned on that journey. So that's fundamental. Yeah. Then I think you've got to have a mindset that enables you to plan because that's great. You could say, I want to be anything. But the thing is, you've got to then look at your start point. And again, if you're taking any, any journey, you're not going to be brilliant on day one. So you've got to be logical, analytical, look at the facts, the figures, the detail without emotion. How am I going to get there? How do I break the journey down? So I think the logical part for me is just being able to think in that frame but it's also about wisdom, common sense and judgment. Far too often today, we're inundated with misinformation. So it's about looking at it and going, what is really happening so that you're making decisions based on facts? And I think that's really important. There's a great book by um, Hans Rosling called Factfulness. And what it does in the book, it really drills down on what's happening in the world, but it gives you the truth. And when you, when you read it, you just realize how the, how the media or various different um, streams have just inundated us with negativity, which means we see the world in a bad place when it's not as bad as you anticipate. So I think you've got to be clear on what information you're getting. Then the mindset has to be about values. So you have to start to think about, so who are you? What's your character? And what are you willing to, what are you willing to hold to? And what's a team code of conduct? Because you need a team around you. And then finally, the final part is the stepping into the pressure zone, which I call the warrior, which is the West Cardinal which is simply about resilience, both mental and physical. I don't think you can separate them, Paul. So for me, when we talk about mental resilience and mindset, 
there has to be a physical element to that. So you have to, to make sure you're balancing up that well-being, so sleep, hydration, movement, um, nutrition, those types of things have to play a part in having a good mindset as well. So, um, you, you know, thinking about that, I'm thinking about the compass because that's, that's like a practical technique in itself. And, you know, I normally ask for practical tips. Is that, is that the tip that you give or would be anything that you'd add to that as a practical tip to develop your mindset? Yeah, so fun, fundamentally, if I had to give you a tip, it would be articulating the four cardinal. The, the best tip I can give without any shadow of a doubt would be it's the four cardinals. So where are you going? What's the strategy for getting there? What values, what team do you need around you? And then the resilience is, is about having resilient strategies. So we can talk more about that in a moment, but having a, a set of resilient strategies and physical strategies to make sure you're in the best place you can be will help balance the compass. The next bit to add on to that is the map. So the visualization of this journey is really important. So I talk about drawing a map, drawing these things on, so that you can see what the North Star looks like. You've got symbols, words, drawings that clearly define what you want, what it looks like, sounds like, feels like, because you've got to have not just logic, but the emotional tag to what will it feel like to you if you achieve that? How will you feel? Because then you start to set in um, a brilliant bit of the mind, which is about now it's connected to what you believe in. And remember, we learn, we lead through emotion. Once you believe it and once you're, you, you desire it, I, I think magical things happen in the mind and it takes you forward looking to close the problem out. If you take it that the brain's a problem-solving computer, if you give it a problem and you believe that you want to find the solution, it will give you ideas. It will point you in the right direction. You'll come across things. That's what it will do. If you ask it big questions, you'll get big answers. If you ask it small questions, you get small answers. The key is to really ask it something that you can't do. And then look what happens. Magical things happen. You start to really push the capacity of the brain to find answers to it, which takes you forward. So the map and the drawing of the map and adding all the things on there that I've just said, your values, the team that you want, the milestones you're going to hit becomes a real driving force going forward. And when you listen to people talk about their ambitions and their dreams, most of them will say, I just had this picture or I had this vision or I could just see this in the future. And the reason they can do that is because that's what drives them forward. And there's a thousand stories. If you go and listen to uh, radio, um, when you're looking at Radio 4 and you're looking at um, Desert Island Discs, if you listen to the people talking about their journey, I'd say very few of them don't talk about this happened to them. This was a moment in time when they could see where they wanted to be. And that can start at any age. The key here is it's not you're not defined by age here. Everybody should have it. We just limit ourselves. As we get older, sometimes we start to think, oh, it's gone past us. It's not for me. But I just do not believe that. And there's nothing yet that I've come across that would suggest that actually when you want to do something and you're committed, that it's unachievable. I just, I, as I said, I've not come across anything when I've seen somebody believe that could stop them, to be fair, except themselves. No, I mean, that, that makes complete sense. And I guess, you know, it comes back down to what you were talking about earlier on when you were making that transition from the military, you, you know, into business is that preparation, isn't it? And I guess the compass and the map and having the direction and the journey that, that helps you with, with, with that. It does. And you can also then just take this into your family. One of the things I've just been doing with a group I did, uh, I went into a school 
um, last week in Barnet and I was working with the teachers first of all. So they've got their maps, then the children. So they've got their maps. And then I did some work with the parents and spoke about having a compass for life um, design for them as a family. Where are they going as a family? It's quite interesting when you then get mums and dads thinking, actually, that's really interesting. We've not actually sat down and looked. We're all doing our own careers or we're doing some things and we, we kind of aligned, but we haven't actually just sat down and thought, actually, where can we support each other? What do we all want to achieve? And wouldn't it be great if we could then sit down and think we could help each other achieve this? And what that then sets is that wonderful common goal. And the best thing, as you know, as, a, as having been in a lot of businesses, Paul, is that when you've got a group focused on the vision, when it can be clearly articulated, yeah. that's the start point of everything. And far too often I go into groups or people and go, so what's the super North star of this organization? And people go, mm, we're not clear, which obviously just means it's not going anywhere, is it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think. And and that is you know to talk about the compass and the map again and you know some of the some of the work that you've been doing you've been doing that from what you've just been saying from families right through to to organisations as well. Yeah, I have. So I've worked with some top CEOs, you know, people that run multi million pound businesses. I've done this around the world, and the good thing about it because of the simplicity of the model that it everybody gets it. I literally, if you saw me speak to a CEO and the senior leadership team and then saw me speak to year five or six in a primary school you just go you've just done exactly the same thing I go because I don't have to change it the conversations that you can have certainly with children and if you speak to them in the right way they'll give you all the answers and actually what I love about it is we underestimate the intellect of children and by having those conversations, asking the right questions, what you'll get from them is a power that you just can't, you will not even believe until you do it. But far too often they're reluctant to do that because we're too busy as adults giving them solutions or you should do this or you should do that. Yeah. When just step back and ask them the questions. What do you think is going to, is it going to take to get there? And they'll tell you. I worked with 12, um, 12 boys who were probably aged about 14, 15. And I was called in by the head teacher who said, look, Floyd, they're, they're struggling. They're bright, but they're struggling. And I spent a day with them. And I went through the program and went through everything. Every single boy, I mean, every single boy had a, a super North star that was phenomenal. One of the boys wanted to go to Jamaica to change the food industry. One was going to climb Everest and set up his own engineering unit. By asking them the questions, all of this came out. And then I said, well, what do you think you need to do to get there? So what steps from an educational perspective do we need to put in place? And they came up with all the right answers. I need to do better at maths or I need to do better here. And I go, great. So why haven't we been doing that? And of course, they've just said, because, do you know what? This is the first time we've really focused on things. We've really sat down and somebody's listened to what we want to do and therefore make sense of why we're at school. And it's interesting. These are, you know, this is a school. This is a great school as well in lots of respects, but they're not having the time to listen to children, to speak to them, to engage, to get rapport, to really push somebody. And it's the same for me in anything, isn't it? If I, if we sit down and really and really listen to somebody, that's where you can you can start to develop that mindset because it will come back to you, what drives you, and that's got to be the key. Once you've got what drives somebody, then you can have the right mindset. If you don't have a proper drive, I would question whether you can have the right mindset to really push unless you believe in something. Yeah, that definitely. I think the I think when individuals and organizations find that meaning and purpose, you know, that's when they become motivated. And absolutely that's got to be the same for children as well. So that's brilliant advice. 
So over, over the years, Floyd, who's helped develop your mindset? Uh, it's been, I'd, I'd have to say what's been really lucky is I've always been fortunate to come across a coach or a mentor at the right time. I think I've always been open to listen to people and I like I like watching people that are good at what they do and just asking the right question. Why do you do it in that way? What happens? And I've always done that. I've always gone to people and said, how do you do? Tell me if I give you a situation, what would you do? How would you play that? What would happen here? So I can give you a few if, if I may. I'll just bounce through a couple. The very first one, I mean, I've got to say I was really fortunate with my family. Both my dad and my mom were great storytellers. And so they'd wrap lots of things up in stories about situations. And of course, by doing that, what you're doing is you're getting an inside sort of understanding of what does it take for somebody to be courageous or to step up or to make a call, to make a right decision. And, and that element of courage comes into, into play. It's not fully defined then, but my mum was, uh, my mum certainly was somebody that just never said that you can't do anything. And, and they indeed when they were quite old actually my mum and dad had me quite late um so so they were quite old and they decided to leave uh, where they were in both stable jobs because my mum had an ambition to run a pub in in Alderney when they were coming up towards 60 years of age it was a massive commitment yeah. and a massive call to leave um where we were and take on a massive risk and I always looked at it and just thought what a phenomenal thing to do at, still at that age that dream that ambition to run uh, her own pub, made sure that she she continued to to push it. So I think that kind of mindset, and you're never too old to do something, was, was founded there. She was also a type of person who would never let you win. So so we <laughs> played as kids, and I'm sure you probably have the same mentality as that. And my dad probably would have done. My dad was actually quite tough, but dad would have given in and let us win if we were losing. Whereas mum would go, no, 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 you, you, if you win, you win because you deserve to win. I'll help you practice and I'll give you all the skills and the tools. But the minute we say it's a competition, then it's a competition because she just felt that that was the yeah. best way for you to grow up. You know, you're not going to be given anything. And I honestly hold to that. I think that particular element, I, and I, to be honest, I would be the same with my kids. If I said to my children, um, although they're all, you know, obviously old now, I said, do you want to, um, Shall I let you, shall I take it easy? They'd go mental. They'd absolutely go mental. They'd say, no, we play to win because they, they know it means something. And then the next one I'll give you, I'll just give you two more. And um, the next, because there are a few. And um, the next one would be a guy called Al Slater, who was um, the very first soldier I really came across. Because he was a very, I was so fortunate, probably the, one of the best soldiers of his generation. He, um, parachute regiment corporal at that time, and he was just meticulous in his approach to, to doing things properly. Um, it was very inspirational. I'd say I still talk about um, Al now. He gave me, I'd say, 80% of the knowledge I needed to be a good soldier. I yeah. got in the first six months because of his utter professionalism and, more importantly, his ability um, to drive performance and to hold the line on standards. He never ever dropped even though you could see other people did when it got tough he never let us cut corners and that really set the foundation for my military career i would say i'd say everything i learned from him gave me such a good foundation that i could never tolerate um, people cutting corners uh, ever um so that was pretty good yeah i'll just give you one final one um which was fred which was my um fred mcglynn who was a my boxing coach who when i met him was probably about 65 
um, went on to be with me right the way through. This guy um, was so fit when when I brought him down to to the regiment to, here in Hereford, and we went into the gym. He'll have been about seventy five then, and he still could climb okay. up rope just with his hands. And um, I just I remember him doing it, saying, "Fred, come down. You're embarrassing me. I can't do it as quick as that." <laughs> um, and he could see people in the gym just looking at him, going, "Who is that guy? He's just unbelievable." And he would train with me five in the morning or 10 o'clock at night. He'd always be there when I said, look, I need a training session. And I just think that mentality, and he kept himself so fit and healthy, that was proper mindset. So those are just a couple, but hopefully it gives you a flavor of some of the people that I've come across that just, you know, espouse what you're talking about. Yeah, some 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 great examples, and you know, going back to the first one, my dad never let me win either, so I, I do know what that was like, and I wouldn't have wanted him to. You know, you think about the competition, and as you grow older and you play sport, you, you don't want somebody who lets you who lets you win, you know. So, and uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant examples. So, what what I do ask Floyd as part of the podcast, and and you've already started to tell tell stories. Is the do you have a, do you have a funny story through, throughout your career? The, you know, it might have been the military or business or working with kids that, that you'd be able to share on the podcast? Um, I think probably the one, I, the one I will give you is more to do with, I suppose, it's a story of adversity in a different environment, actually, I suppose, I think with the, the mindset and also that ability to look at it and go, my goodness me, this is really interesting. I was, once I um, set up a company um, when I was working in the fintech space, we had a, a really aggressive takeover. I mean, aggressive beyond belief. They tried to, call us out on a contract that was not that did not go through but they looked at a clause and they waited for a year before they brought this to our attention deliberately because they were looking at um um a particular um legal argument that meant that they had done their bit obviously in contractual law and we had not done ours but as from our perspective that that contract had never been signed never been agreed because of lots of things that they didn't do but it was so aggressive that they were looking to virtually closed down what was then, you know, a 50 million pound company um, and, and literally take it over um, by the most nefarious means you could possibly imagine. But they planned it really well. And they came and hit us with a, an injunction on a Monday morning that was completely out of the blue. And of course, we just, I just looked at this, they came in and this is an interesting moment because remember, this is not my comfort zone. I'm in an area that I don't yeah. fully understand. And I'm in a situation where this is in immense pressure because we've got seven days to respond. Again, it's an archaic law that they were using, which could have, and of course, in the particular sector we're in, this would have been, the reputational damage would have been immense. Um, even with regards of it being true or not, it would have been unbelievable, which is what they were playing on. And of course, we got some advice from the council. And the worst thing was, he just the, the council said, this could go either way. And I went, what do you mean it could go either way? That cannot be legal. And he went, it's nothing to do with that. It's to do with how they're playing the different, the legal elements. And, you know, I think, you know, you should settle. And I went, we're not settling on this in any way, shape or form. <laughs> Something is just, and it was literally, that's just not going to happen. I'd rather lose everything um, because it's just, it's just not what happened. And I said, I cannot believe law goes that way. However, so we went and we, we put all, all the right mechanisms in place. And we ended up having to go to the high court. And again, we're now into, this uh, is serious stuff. We're into the high court and everything. And they and they had, they had believed they were going to win. They literally would not listen to any reasoned argument. And um, we went to the high court. And this is where it sort of restored my faith. Again, two things. 
holding to your values, holding to what you actually believe is the right thing. Yeah. Massively important because we could have easily capitulated at one stage because it was just, but it was wrong. Everything would have been wrong. I'd never have forgiven myself if I'd done that actually. Um, but it was about going through the mindset. So remember, this is not the same. This is a different one. And sometimes people will say to me, look, Floyd, when you're behind enemy lines, you need to have a mindset. And what I'd say to people is, that's true, obviously. The, the actual consequences are significant. But because I never thought anything would happen to me, um, or indeed I've always thought we would be okay as a team, is you don't quite see it that way. This is now where I know we would lose, you know, 50 people would lose their job. And yeah. literally people would lose a lot of investment. This is a big, this is as serious as any situation I've been in. And the fear that you get being scared, and that's quite important, the realization that we all get scared. I've been scared on numerous occasions is important because you've got to embrace that and go, this is scary. And that's quite an important thing to do, not try and hide it and say, it's not scary. It is scary. Therefore, what am I going to do? Because that's where you change your mindset. Otherwise, you try and take it inside. It, I think it disrupts your decision making. When you bring it out and you're clear on the, the threats there, it makes the right, you make the right decisions. Anyway, we went to we went to court. And what was brilliant about the judge? And again, I've got to say, this is where my faith in the justice system did come back, is this guy was so brilliant and so bright. We didn't even have to speak. He just knew what had happened. He knew what they were trying to do. He yeah. knew they were trying to abuse the system and they got absolutely smashed in court. Um, and as I said, those are, those are the moments when it restores your faith in in, um, in justice, I suppose. And again, values and sticking to what Humankind. you is yeah. true. Um, but I can assure you then I did, we did smile at the end of that particular um, case because um, they had to pay a lot of damages <laughs> had to pay all costs. And it was one of those where you could just see them being dismantled brick by brick by a guy that was super bright. I mean, literally he, he could have been in the room with us. He, he understood exactly what had happened. So it was quite uh, that was a funny situation. <laughs> and, and I guess, you know, pick, picking a couple of things out of that, it's, it's so important to, to live by your values, isn't it? And, you know, and at, at the same time, you know, Throughout life, you're going to be faced with situations that are challenging where you've got to step out of your comfort zone and face those fears. But it's in those times that we, we really do challenge our own mindset and get to understand ourselves a little bit better, wouldn't you say? I do. And what I'd say on this as well, this is why having layers of resilient strategies. So the ones that are key are really key. And I'll just finish off on from my side on this, Paul, is that visualization, understanding what success looks like is a powerful tool but doing it where you really do visualize what success looks like and the emotions that will happen when you get there. Having a good breathing technique, we, people will talk about breathing, but they don't understand it well enough. But going through some of the books you can get on breathing will again give you a really great way of calming the body down or accelerating it or indeed putting it to sleep. You can really use good breathing techniques. Having powerful words that you or you live by or a quote so for me, the quote that I've got is opportunity to see how good you can be, Floyd. The minute I get scared, I always think this is an opportunity to see how good you can be. Powerful, motivating quote for me. Same when it comes to positive anchors, remembering why you're good, replaying those really powerful um, situations that have been great for you in a way you've had you know, great success, helps you think in the right way and a decision-making process. 
being able to say, right, do not get emotional straight away. Step away, facts, figures, detail, be creative, be positive on what this the outcome is, what are the dangers, and then make a decision. And doing that at, at speed is important. And then the physical side is definitely about making sure you do movement, you hydrate, you have good nutrition, you get good sleep. If you do that, you're already ahead of most people because most people don't do that. So it's that balance as well, having clear strategies to help. Brilliant, brilliant. And just to conclude then, Floyd, the last piece of advice for the listeners, what would it be? The last piece, piece is go out, get a map. Um, I'll, fact, I'll send you something through, Paul, um, some maps through if you don't already have them. Yeah. Uh, and by all means, send them out. Just get people to draw what this journey looks like. Put your values on there. Put the physical resilience strategies you need, the mental resilience. Put in magnets that could take you off track, but draw the journey. Make it come alive. Put it on a wall. And I can assure you, magical things will happen. Brilliant. That, that's, that's great advice. Thanks, Floyd. It's been brilliant having you on. So thank you very much for your time. My pleasure, Paul. You take care. So it was great to have Floyd on the podcast today. Really interesting to hear Floyd's story and how he's taken what he's learned from the military as a soldier and in the SAS and applying it to business. As Floyd says, you know, the brain is a supercomputer that we can all program and get it right and ensure that we have the right mindset every day. And as he mentioned about that, we're all on a journey. In every culture, there's stories of journeys. And he talked about the compass model, which is ensuring that you've got your own North Star, you've got a plan to get there, you think about who you are and your values, what's important, and that you really focus on your mental and physical resilience. Really insightful episode with Floyd, and I've really enjoyed it. And I'm going to leave you with this.